and welcome to Have Another Cuppa with me, Daisy Williams. This is the final episode of Series 1. I am so thankful to everybody who has tuned in and to all of my wonderful guests for spending their time with me. Now, my guest this week is the brilliant Peter Howray. I met Pete when I was nine, when I started performing with Standard Telephones, or as they are more commonly known, STC Musical Society in Newport. He's always been a cheeky chap since I met him over 16 years ago. I think you'll all see what I mean. And I was lucky enough to be invited to celebrate his 90th birthday earlier this month with him, his friends and his family. Now this week, as well as hearing stories from Pete in his own words, I'll be reading sections of his book that he's in the process of writing. I also got the opportunity to see all of his awards and photographs from his travels and shows, some of which I've posted on social media. So go take a look if you haven't already. But without further ado, let's go on with the show. The year 1929 was a momentous one in many ways. The Wall Street crash, the St. Valentine's Day massacre, the first all-sound film, Broadway Melody, the first telephone boxes in the UK and the first Academy Awards. Martin Luther King was born and the lovable old salt Popeye came into being. England won a test series in Australia and Bolton Wanderers won the FA Cup. To boot, an inept stalk hovering over number 17 Arundel Road, Newport, on the 11th of July, delivered a bouncing baby boy, one month premature, to an astonished mother. That was me, folks. Yes, I entered the world causing mayhem and making one hell of a racket. No change there. My mum reckoned I was born singing, there's no business like show business. Which was clever of me, as it wasn't written until 1946. Mum felt I was destined for show business, and Dad saw me as a comedian. He took one look at me after a difficult birth and said, Is this a joke? Apparently. I was so ugly, the midwife didn't slap me. She belted my father. After about a month, according to my loving mum, I was a beautiful child. Fat as a porker, and as lovely as I am today. Others might disagree, but it's my story and I'm sticking with it. No tortured childhood, no dark despair, nothing in fact to link me with other tragic comedy performers. Just a loving childhood with two loving parents. What have you got? Is this, this is my, this is your life. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> my life, the awful truth. The Peter Howring story. My friend put that together That's for me. That's brilliant. It's not in chapters <gasps> yet. But, uh, That's a brilliant... Oh my goodness. That is brilliant, Pete. That's just a big band. Yeah. And it goes from me in the in the, the Boy Scouts during the war. Yeah. <laughs> so you were a scout during the Second World War, was it? Every... If, if I had it published, I'd put it in the chapters, of course. Yeah. But the, all the shows are in here. Yeah. Right, there's a... <gasps> When I was in the Army Cadets, my first show wow. was a pantomime. That, that's me and the Army Cadets football team. Wow. Me and the Army yeah. coming out of the. That's me in Germany. So when, when were you in the Army? What year? 1947 Seven? and 49. Wow. So you were over in Germany, were you? I was in, no, I was in Northern Greece for a long Northern time. Northern Greece. They were fighting out there too. Mm, were they? Oh, civil war, so. Ah. I started off in the railway fusiliers mm. and finished up in the Durham Light Infantry. Don't tell me, ask me how, because I don't mm. know. But, <laughs> but I was talking shorty when I came home. <laughs> Why I? Why I? And then, that, that was my first thing in show business on the drums. Oh, you used to play drums? Yeah, oh yeah, I was a drummer. 
Amazing. Yeah. And then I phoned the boys. Ah. Oh, they phoned me, actually. So who were the boys, then? The Fortuners. The Fortuners. Yeah, what a, what a group. Yeah. We were champions of Great Britain twice. Wow. And then when we were all senior citizens, we were champion senior citizens. <laughs> this is amazing. Ask me as a red coat. Yeah, because I heard you were a red coat in Butlins. Were we... How long were you a Redcoat for? Only one season. Only one season. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people do that. Yeah. I met a lot of great guys though. Yeah. Roy Hurd, Roy Castle, they were all wonderful people. Yeah. You had to sit with a family, you know. Look how tanned oh, I am. You are. We've always been very tanned. Hell of a summer. Yeah. And You're they, always very tanned though, Pete. Well, my family, my mother's family were from southern France. Right, okay. So that's where I get the colour mm. from. Yeah. My father's family for Irish. Ah. That's where I get the Blarney from. <laughs> right. <laughs> And in between that, I had a Welsh grandmother and a, and a Welsh and a Cornish grandmother. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a United Nations, mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Where does the name Howring come from? Do you know? It's Irish. Is, that, is it Irish? It's from oh. Cork. Ah. Yeah. Howrahine over there. Howrahine. Oh. Right. And there's 17 derivatives of it. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you'll see on the telly, Hanaran, yeah. Hooligan, Hooligan. Hooligan. That should have been. Hooligan. <laughs> it's all derivatives of my name. Oh. Because I checked it when I went over there, and he said your name is right, mm. but everything else they couldn't like bloody, a, yeah. they couldn't spell. They didn't go to school, honey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the registrar was drunk. Everybody in Ireland, you know, <laughs> honest, and they just wrote down what they thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because oh, I did wonder where the name came from. So Irish, that's from your dad's yeah. side. Irish oh. on my dad's side, yeah. And my my mum was the postal. Yeah. I went to Corporation Road School, a tough academy. On my first day at playtime, I came home thinking that was it for the day. My mum took me back pronto, saying, when you let him out at playtime, lock the gates. I don't want this every day. It took me a long time to forgive her. Music was never far away from our house. My mum had a nice voice and used to sing a lot to the radio. I soon got used to hearing the bands and singers of the day. Dad, on the other hand, couldn't even whistle in tune. But was a top-class sportsman, excelling at football and cricket. I spent many happy hours with Mum watching Dad play. He was always captain and wicketkeeper, although he was also a useful spin bowler. He had huge hands, which helped. I longed for the day when we could play in the same team together, an ambition I achieved after I had left the army. But that's another story. Now, Peter joined the army in 1947, and when he came home in 1949, he started working for Standard Telephones in their sales office in Newport. Oh, so Carousel was your first musical show. Was that with STC? Oh, yeah, they're all with STC. So you worked for STC. Um, well, when did you start working there? I started with STC in 1953. And I retired, well, the funny thing was, I was 33 years in work, and I'd been retired 33 years. Can't oh, believe funny. that, anyway, yeah. I retired early. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Oh. As soon as I reached 55, mm. I could see which way the, the, the factory yeah. was going. And I said, uh, is, I, my, I had a, my, one of my best friends was the personnel manager. Mm. I said, any, any uh, uh, terms going? Mm to leave mm. god he said you must be a bloody mind reader <laughs> he said we got the best one of all time and i oh, was a, really? i was the uh, public relations manager then yeah so i had a good pension yeah i uh i put in for it on the september the first and i was mm. gone on september the 30th wow yeah after 33 years 
because they were being run by the Wizards kids then. Oh, right, okay. Three years later, they folded. Yeah. So, so yeah. it was a good, good chance. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what did you, how did you start at STC? Ah, it's another story. Oh. Everything with me is a story. Yeah. Right? <laughs> when, I, when I left school with no qualifications whatsoever, because mm. I was a terrible pupil, mm. and the war was on, mm. you know, all the teachers were all, all the old buggers out of retirement. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I just wasn't interested in the school, so mm. I left mm. when I was 15. Mm. How I managed to qualify for St Julian's High School, I'll never know, <laughs> but I did. Yeah. Anyway. My mum said, right, you've got to get a job. Mm. So I got a job with a, a firm called Pegler's Stores. They had 100 stores all through Wales, mm. South Wales, except Newport. Oh, really? That's where the head office was. Ah. So I got a job in the head office, mm. office boy, mm. quit a week. Which is a lot of money mm. for me yeah, in those yeah, days. Yeah. And I stayed there till I went in the army. Mm. And of course, when you go in the army, when you're called up, your mm. job is there for you when you come back. Oh, yeah, that's oh, law. Yeah. But I nearly signed on in the army because I was a sergeant when I finished mm. and uh, I had a lovely German girlfriend. <laughs> she was gorgeous and I wanted to marry her. Yeah. I was only 20 then mm. and when my mum heard about it, oh, Jesus, <laughs> get home. Oh, really? Right? So I did. And mm. that's the best thing I did because three months later they were in Korea. Yeah. A lot of them got killed. Yeah. So mm. I came out of the army and I went back to that job and mm. couldn't stand it. Oh really? Oh no. Was it just so my uncle or? went, my mum's brother came to see us one day and uh, I told him and he said, oh there's a job going at Standards. He said, I've just mm. been over there with one for me. Mm. So I went over there mm. and the, first of all, sorry, I did a, a what I thought was a skive, right? Mm. A demob course. Mm. When you when you reach up to the last month of your service, you mm. can take a demob course. Okay. Well, I was in Germany, and this demob course was at the University of Göttingen, oh, okay. which is one of the most famous universities in the world. Mm. Fabulous place. It's like walking into uh, Hans Andersen's country. Oh, the town. Yeah. No touch by the war, yeah. and this this university was out of this world, and the army had taken it over. So. Uh, I went there to play cricket, actually. Oh, did you? <laughs> I had a sports there. Oh, I played a lot of cricket. My dad was a great sportsman. Mm. And um, I took shorthand and type, and don't tell me why, because I... <laughs> I anyway, I became proficient. Yeah, yeah, Forgotten yeah. the shorthand. Yeah. But the typing just kept me in good stead for a long time, Yeah, you know? yeah. So um, you had to do a subsidiary subject two evenings a week. Mm. So they put all these things, woodwork, and it got useless. Mm. And it was drama class. Ah. Now, I'd never thought about it. Yeah. So I thought, well, it's, you know, it's a bit of fun. Yeah. So I went in there, and we, we, there were about 12 of us auditioned. And uh, what they did was, you were there for four weeks. Mm. And at the end of the fourth week, you put on a one-act play. Ah, oh, cool. Right? And yeah. we had this wonderful, wonderful tutor. He was a major in the, in the educational course. Mm. He'd been a professional actor. And we all... We all auditioned straight away for the parts. Mm. And I just read it, you know. Mm. He called me over. He said, you done any acting? No, I said, I'd been in a pantomime or two when I was in the army cadets. Why? He said, because you're a bloody natural. You've got mm. the lead. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. I had to be made up as an old man, you know. Yeah. It was a comedy. Mm. And <laughs> at the end of the 
course, mm. I had this wonderful, wonderful, um, I still got it, reference from him, mm. you know, and that's how it all started. Yeah. Anyway, I went to Standards. Yeah. And the bloke said to me, the personnel manager, nice guy, he said, oh, uh, you've come for this job in the, in the, uh, in the sales office, really. Mm. He said, and he took out this box, uh, it was stuffed with letters. Mm. He said, that's all the applications for <gasps> So he said, you've got to tell me why you think you... So we chatted and chatted and chatted. So when he finished, he said, by the way, what are your hobbies? Oh, I said, uh, drama. He said, when can you start? Really? <gasps> they had a big drama group yeah. and he was the producer. <laughs> <laughs> so it got me my job. Yeah, because you And there drama. I stayed. And of course, I went into the drama section. Yeah. And that turned into the... SCC Musical Society. Musical section, and yeah. that's how it started. Wow. It's, it's, it's all meant in the stars, you it know. It is, yeah. Everything in my life mm. is meant in the stars. Mm. Even meeting your dad. Yeah. It's meant in the stars because I took over that part in that what, show, mm. and I met your dad and your mum mm. because I was asked to go in. Mm. Yeah. Somebody knew me and said, why don't you contact? Yeah. And that's how I met them. That's fate. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have met them through the shows. No, no. Mm. Amazing, isn't it? It is. And then, of course, I stayed with them for a long while. Yeah. And I did, in the, in the beginning, mm. Sandra, that's my, that was my ex-wife. Mm. That's a play we did. Mm. And that's another play, mm. Dry Rot, which is very famous. Mm. That's my first music man. Yeah, the music that's Brigadoon. Yeah. And that's La Belle, I think. Yeah, mm. La Belle Elaine. And um, I forgot what I was. <laughs> You were saying, um, oh, I can't remember now. <laughs> um, you were saying... Oh, anyway, no, never mind. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> the thread's gone. We both lost, we yeah. lost it. Oh, I don't know. I was talking about too many shows. Yeah, That's I know. Trouble. Oh, yeah, we did Carousel, in, Carousel. The, in the old Newport Lyceum. Yeah. Right? Mm. Marvellous theatre. Mm. Three stories. Mm. And we filled it. First time it's been filled for 50 years. Wow. We had crowds. We had did a matinee. Mm. And when we come out of the matinee, mm. to go over to the Weatherspoons now, yeah. to have a meal, the queue was right up. Oh, God, really? <laughs> to get in an evening performed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Just from the matinee, like. Yeah, and uh, the, the, the chief boyo mm. from STC came down and he was absolutely thrilled to bits. Mm. And he said, whatever you want, just let me know. Which mm. was a good thing, because mm. the theatre closed down. Mm. And we had to go to the canteen. Mm. But he made it into a little theatre. Mm. Orchestra pit, mm. electrics, mm. lights, stage, everything. Mm. And we used to bring in seating. Mm. Yeah. All professional. Mm. Amazing. So what's your favourite show you've done, do you think? What's your favourite show? Oh, I got two. Oh, you got two. I got two. Oh, it's like I can't separate them. No, you don't have to. You wash your. One is Fiddler. Fiddler on the Roof, yeah. Which I did three, three. I did play the lead three times mm. and a second lead once. Mm. And that's when I got that. Uh, yeah, that award. At the first top. big award. Nice. And the second one is a show called La Vie Parisienne by Offenbach. Mm. Oh, music is wonderful mm. and it was so funny. Mm. And I just played the, one of the leads. Yeah. I didn't think it was anything special. Mm. I didn't. Yeah. But the, obviously the adjudicator did, so I got that. Yeah. And that one in the middle there is uh, La Belle Elaine. Mm. 
and that one down below is when we did it again mm. a la Belle Alain. oh wow so you got an award for both so that's my second one mm. so a... why are they your favourites why are they your favourites well first of all they're parts to die for mm. right mm. it's fiddler that means a famous part mm. and it uh well, I got an adjudication from a professional, and he said, uh, I remember the first lines. He went through all the characters, mm. he didn't mention me, right, till the end. Uh. And he said, you think I missed out for me, leading man? He said, he said, I got to keep him for last, right? Mm. And he, I remember his words. He said, Fiddler on the Roof is a show that makes stars, and tonight we had a star performance. And then he went mad. I was embarrassed in the end, <laughs> honest, and it takes a lot to embarrass me. It does take a lot to embarrass you. <laughs> That's right. And La Belle Alain mm. was the funniest thing I've ever been in. Really? Off and back. Mm. It is so funny. It, well, we had the, the Irish crowd, they wouldn't stop laughing. Really? They were in aesthetics mm. all through the show. It's about Helena Troy, you mm. know, and it's, it's so funny. Mm. And uh, the music is glorious, mm. but the lyrics... Oh, they really... Uh, oh, they're so funny, you know. <laughs> when I catch up with Paris in bed, and I was think, singing about the... Uh, I've been deceived and all this business, and I was talking about... Uh, uh, what was the... There was one line in the song that went... Uh, it finished up with I, and Ads goes, I, yeah, yeah, It was just beautiful in the music, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the music is glorious, mm. you know. You could just sit back and listen to the music. Mm. But we were... We had a fabulous cast, mm. and we walked it. Mm. We walked it. Mm. The adjudicator came out waving his thing and said, "That's the greatest thing I've seen for years." So mm. I thought we won this. Song. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good sign, yeah. isn't it? There when was four other societies behind yeah. us. I thought you may as well stay on. <laughs> and we did umpteen awards. Yeah. Yeah. And that's mm. my second favourite. And I've done that three times. Have you? Grew my own beard and for fiddle. Grew your own beard and that. Can't have it stuck on. No. No. I perspire easily, you know. Mm. But it come off. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to laugh, isn't it? Halfway, halfway through Act Two is like <laughs> half the beard left. I remember one, <laughs> one show I did with Newport, The Vagabond King, mm. which is an old show. Mm. Lovely chorus work. Mm. Corny as hell, the, mm. the script. And I, I had a, <laughs> I had a, a big hat, mm. a bloody huge wig, mm. pantaloons, because it was like mm. in the 18th century. Mm and tights mm. and pat it out i look a bloody sight right yeah and uh, the lead uh thought i was dead it was a revolution yeah, yeah yeah and i turned up <laughs> and he was a big fella mm. and he lifted me up and he went oh bonk and my pantaloons went <laughs> <laughs> my ankles <laughs> and I stood there dead oh, face the audience were just falling about yeah producer in the wings professionally he was falling about as well yeah and when I come off he said if that happens tomorrow I'll bloody kill you <laughs> I said not my fault yeah right tell him <laughs> so I remember all those things you know mm, yeah everything happens to me love mm. my favorite well my favorite show I did with you I can't remember what it was but um it was a review it was one Christmas review, and it was my job to get you off the stage. Oh, that's just... right. Yeah, I remember that. Because <laughs> you were comparing and you were telling, I think you were on like your fourth or fifth joke. And we're like, right, 
we better get him off. <laughs> yeah. And I remember my drum was trying to get you off the yeah. stage. Yeah, so yeah. we could sing we the next song. We should have had a big hook. I know, we should have had a hook. Because when I'm going well, I forget about time. So. Yeah, I know. As well as all the work Pete's done, he's been lucky to travel a lot. He told me about the time he was in Canada where he found a statue of Tevier, the father in Fiddle on the Roof, a part he played three times in all. And he's been lucky enough to have brilliant friends in his life. Here's a little story from his book about Vic. Being associated with a music society brings you into contact with many people, friend and foe alike. One such friend and work colleague was Vic Mason, husband of Bella and a great guy. Vic and I performed in many stage productions together, and although he never harboured pretensions of being a leading man, he was a dedicated member of the chorus. On one occasion, he was given a spot with a quartet, and in attempting to reach a particularly high note, his dentures flew out. With a great presence of mind, he grabbed them in mid-flight, put them back in, and finished the song. What a trooper. It was what he called singing falsetto. Yeah, so how many awards have you won? I think it's uh, 13 or 14 mm. altogether. Mm. Yeah. With the certificates as well, see. Yeah. And, and uh, all for performing. And I, I found that up there in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, really? There it was, sitting in a window. <gasps> I said, my second wife, because mm. we had friends over there, went mm. over three weeks. Mm. Weather, like, oh God, yeah. hot. And it was um, Expo. Oh, okay. That's why we mm. went over. Mm. Fabulous. And we were walking back one day, mm. exhausted. We mm. stayed with our friends. Yeah. And there he was in the window looking at me. Mm. It, was, it was in a second-hand shop. Yeah. I rushed in and I said, how much for that? And he told me. I said, I've got to have it. Yeah. And it weighs a bloody ton. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, coming home in the aeroplane, oh, God. <laughs> Dragging the suitcase. It weighed a ton. <laughs> but I, I thought, once again, that was fate. Mm, yeah. So, you've been married three times, Pete, haven't you? Twice. Twice, is it? Oh, yeah, twice. Oh, sorry. That's all right, darling. <laughs> I can't remember now, can't keep up with you. <laughs> Two Sandras. Married twice. Two Sandras. Yeah. Um, and your second, like we were saying earlier, your second wife, Sandra, she, you said she was a really clever woman. So where did you, uh, did you meet Sandra in STC, your no, second wife Sandra? My first one. My second one. Yeah, your second wife Sandra. No, she moved in next door. Oh. Love oh. my neighbour, that's me, see. As Jesus once said. <laughs> no, we were both in unhappy marriages. Mm. She had two, she, when I first met her, she mm. was pregnant mm. with her second child. Mm. And a spark went straight away. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. She was from Cardiff. And uh, we, the four of us mm. got friendly and we used yeah. to go out for a lot of do's and things mm. and we realised together there was mm. an attraction. Mm. And then David was born and my my first wife, we just we just drifted apart. Mm. We had really nothing in common except the shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not enough. No. And uh, one day she said, you know, this is not working, don't you? Mm. I said, yes. I said, well, we've got to stay together until Ben... That David yeah. is at least 10. Mm. Right? So she said, well, I found somebody else. I, uh. I said, funny enough, so have I. <laughs> she was in an unhappy marriage. Mm. So I said to Sandra, okay, we'll, we'll split up. Mm. Explained it to David, who's very good. Actually, I saw more of David. 
after. After? Yeah. Because you sort of make the time, don't you, then? That's when, right. Yeah. And uh, it turned out fine, mm. except she had to die, love her. Mm. How long were you married? We were married... Uh, I think I was married to her about 12 years, mm. and I was married to Sandra about 15. Mm. No, uh, yes, that's right. Mm. No, more than that, because we were married six years before David Williams ever thought of having a yeah, baby, you yeah, know. Yeah. So we were mm. probably married 20 years to Sandra, and mm. then uh, 12 to 13 years with the other one. Yeah. And I'm still grieving for her. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. No. I've had anything but a normal life, darling. I know you have. Right. But that's why we're chatting, Pete. Because it's, <laughs> it's very interesting. You've got a bit here that says, My dear friend Victor. Is that Vic Mason? That's Vic Mason, yeah. yeah. So how did you, Vic and Bella, meet? Were they, did they work with you in STC they, as well? No, Bella worked in standards. Vic yeah. worked for the electricity board. Oh, and okay. Bella was uh, uh, in a uh, group. In the, mm. in the, it all started off with a mm. big, huge girls' choir. Mm. They became quite famous. Mm. And one day, the producer, we used to do pantomimes. Yeah. The producer of the pantomimes said, we can do, he wanted to do shows, and yeah. he was brilliant. Mm. And he said, I've got the girls' chorus. Mm. And he went out, and he went to Newport Operatic, and he pinched about six blokes. Oh, did he? And so that's what he didn't like it. No. Mine, they were doing two shows, but mm. he didn't like it. But that was the nucleus of our chorus. Mm. And then, as we got more famous, mm. people joined us. Mm. Till in the end, we could do two casts. Yeah. Trouble was, we had two leading ladies who hated the sight of one another. <laughs> and uh, when one got a show, oh. got a lead, oh boy. <laughs> and the other didn't. Yeah. So I was so glad yeah. when the one left. Oh, really? And Carousel, really, was the last big show we've done. Mm. Oh, yeah. So I started with it, and it looks like I'll finish with it. With Carousel, yeah. As your big show. Yeah. Mm. Nothing. If you could do one show again or one you've not done what would you do if you could do another one more show La Belle Lane. is that what you do again oh yeah yeah it is so funny <laughs> I mean Fiddler was wonderful yeah. it was an experience it had comedy it had yeah. drama and you had to act mm. but La Belle mm. I could be a comedian I could be a character mm. I played Menelaus mm. <laughs> and it's a huge finale like it's huge kind of, yeah, it lasts yeah. for about 20 minutes oh really the music mm. and it's 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 mm. it's the that's right I just opened the door then I clearly saw my wife canoodling with the larger <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's so beautifully funny mm. it made a everybody every hero was an idiot mm. every idiot was a hero mm. you know Mm. And it was parts for everybody. Yeah. And the audience world just fell about. Mm. The Irish audience just went crazy, mm. like for Fiddler. Yeah. And yeah. when they over there, they don't just clap, they stamp their feet. Yeah, yeah. Sounded like blatant thunder. They frightened my life when it was the first time we heard it. <laughs> <laughs> and when, when I came out to take my bow for Fiddler, mm. Bella came out first, and mm. I, she went out and put her hand out for me. And when I came out, you, I thought the th place was coming down. Really. So I thought, hello, I'm on a winner. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a wonderful, everybody mm. was good in that show. Yeah, and, yeah. and La Bill, everybody mm. deserved an award. Mm. But there we are. Nobody, nobody, I must admit, they grudged me an award. Mm. I got the best comedian for that. Oh, did you? For yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm. So what, because um, you had an award last May, didn't you? 
What was that award for? For what? That's me, sorry, yeah, darling. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was that award for? Well, that's a Lifetime Achievement Award, actually. Yeah. Yeah, they put they, they they do these awards if you've mm. been for such a long time, mm. and you're competing against other mm. people. Mm. They think if you're worthy of a lifetime achievement award, mm. you get it. Mm. So I had it twice. <laughs> two lifetimes. I got two lifetimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last one I got was my sixty-year medal. Oh, is it sixty years medal? Sixty-year wow. pin, right? And that's another life. I got the the, the significance as yeah. achievement lifetime. So I've had amazing. two lifetimes. Yeah. Yeah. 60 years, wow. Yeah. Is there anything you, is there any part you wish you could have played that you haven't played? Because you've played an awful lot of parts, haven't yeah. you? That's a tricky one, I know that's a tricky question. But... Well, the part I played in Music Man was brilliant. Mm. That was, that was, I was on stage for two and three quarter hours mm. out of the three hours. Yeah, yeah. But I was young. Yeah. Well, I did it twice yeah. since. Nearly killed me the last one. Well, that was the one you did with Dad, didn't it? That's the one, yeah, yeah that's right. And, uh, I was in that one as well. That's right. Mm. Diane was opposite me, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, the first one was... Uh, mm. I was so... I was young, you know, mm. I got to do it. Well, the audition was trouble. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? Mm. And half of them gave up halfway. Oh, really? But I learned it at home. Yeah, yeah. I stood in front of the mirror and I knew it backwards. Yeah. So mm. the uh, producer looked at me and he went, no competition. Mm. Mm. So is that? Do you think you would like to play that part again? Is that the part you think you'd like to play? Well, again? if I was young if enough. You were enough yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I enjoyed the one when your dad played it mm. because I was in the quartet. Yeah. Oh yeah, you. Were I loved that. Lighter rose. Lighter rose. Lighter rose. Yeah, that that's was that's beautiful. Yeah. And of course, the group used to sing it. See. Yeah. Oh, so it's one of the old ones used to do. That's right. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the group used to sing a lot of shows, mm. songs, because I knew them. Mm. And uh, we used to, uh, what was the, one, one of my favourites was, um, Till There Was You from The oh, Music Man, you know. Yeah, it's lovely. And we used to do a bit of Latin American rhythm with it, you know. Because the Beatles did a version, didn't they? That's right. Of Till There Was You. That's right. So it and kind of became popular with the Beatles. That's right, and I heard that and I said, boys, we can sing this because mm. we know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm. There's some great songs mm. from the shows you can sing mm. on the stage, with, uh, out of the show scene. Mm. Mm. In 1988, Pete was invited to host his own radio show for Radio Gwent, a new and exciting adventure. Being on the radio every weekday morning made me into something of a local celebrity. People were apt to stop me in all sorts of places to talk about my programmes. Some were even complimentary. It was amazing how many people recognised me by my voice alone. Talk about having the face for radio. I hadn't realised until then what a powerful medium radio was. It is so personal. People really do think that you are talking only to them. So you've been retired now. How many years, do you say? 33. 33 years. But I've never retired. No, I know. As I say, you're still busy, 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 because you do so many shows. If you can count the four years I was on the radio, that was a job. Yeah, so, so that was that after you retired from STC? Oh, yes. Radio? Oh, oh, yes, yes. So you did that for four years uh, then? One day, I used to go up talking about the shows, because it, it used to, uh, I, I did that with my, my, when I was on. Mm. You could go up and advertise your show, mm. talking to a, one person mm. about it, you know, mm. and then I would play the, uh, my, 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 Show of the week I used to have, mm. I would play their shows, mm. right? Mm. And that's how I got it, really. I'd go up there, talking to these, it was a girl, mm. about the shows, I used to make her laugh. Mm. 
And then one day it was Children in Need Day. Oh, yeah. And they called me up and they said, uh, well, would you be free? And I said, yeah, why? Well, we'd like you to help us with Children in Need. Yeah. This has come brown. Hmm. So I went up there and I said, uh, what do you want? So they, they, they said, how many jokes you got? I, <laughs> I said, about a thousand. Why? They said, well, what I want, what I want to do is, is to pick, stop people in the street, outside the studios, yeah. and say, uh, give me a subject. I'll tell you a joke, About and you give me a donation. Ah, that's good. And we, I was at it all day. Really? Till in the end, I could hardly stand up. Oh. But I think I must have made about 200 quid, you know. Amazing, yeah. And uh, he came to me afterwards, and he said, I've never seen anything like mm. that off the cuff, you know. Mm. So about three weeks later, I had a phone call saying, the girl has got a job with the BBC in London. Yeah. How would you like to take over? Amazing. So I said, yeah, I didn't give it a thought. Yeah. I said, yep. And I said mm. to Sandra, what have I done? <laughs> she said, you, she was working, of course. Yeah. You've got yourself a job, she said, yeah. that's what you've done. Mm. So I went up there and he said, it's totally different from the stage. Yeah. You come out all bright and breezy, right? But you know, you're yourself on the, on the radio. Mm. You're talking. Imagine to one person, mm. which is the microphone. So I imagine I was talking to Sandra. Aww. And after two programmes, I got it. Yeah. First one, I could cringe when I heard it. Oh, do you? I got a recording oh, of it. Oh, you? It was so stilted. Yeah, because you're nervous, aren't you? Well, well it's funny you say that, because I was um, doing these recordings. Absolutely. The first sort of couple of episodes, I'm really nervous and stuff, but I'm hopefully relaxed into it a bit now. Um, but it is, yeah. it's really, it's, it's yeah. horrible, isn't it? Because, like, there's nobody there, no. but you know people are listening. That's and right. Yeah. I mean, for instance, I had one um, one person call me one day, and she requested the, something, that they used to have to do requests, mm, you see. Mm. And she said, do me a favour, I said, what can I do for you? She said, uh, my friend, uh, who's home mm. on maternity leave, mm. she ev she's doing a housework. Mm. Every day she stops, bang on. Half past eleven, mm. have a cup of tea. Mm. So would you give her a message at half past eleven? Yeah. She listens to you every day. Yeah. So I said, yeah, certainly. So half past eleven come. And I said, I think the name was Millicent or something. Yeah. Put that cup of tea down and get back to work. <laughs> she said, she phoned me the next day this morning. She fell off a chair. <laughs> what? What? You've been right that room. Am I there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, what do you God. think? Yeah, you would be like to like, whoa, there's who's seeing me whoa. here. There's cameras there, huh? <laughs> yeah, so I used to do things like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And we so had... what's your what's your favourite joke? My favourite joke? Yeah. Oh, um, hang on. I'm scared though, because you like to tell jokes. Yeah, my favourite joke. So I'm a bit scared. My favourite joke is the one about the um is one about the bloke who's in the cafe, mm. sitting next to this beautiful woman, mm. and on another table, and he thought, I wonder if I can get to know her. Mm. And she sneezed, and her left eye shot out, and he grabbed it in midair, right? And it could happen. Yeah. He said, oh, she said, thank you ever so much. I lost it when I was a child. Oh, he said, that's okay. You're not embarrassed? No, 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 he said. She said, would you like to come back to my place and have a drink? Yes, he said, I'd love it. So he went back and they got on so well, mm. stayed the night. Mm. Next morning he got up and she's in the kitchen, wearing just a shirt, mm. getting breakfast. Mm. And he said, you know, you're beautiful. 
You are beautiful. How come you took it to me? She said, well, you cut, just caught my eye, that's all. <laughs> that's my favourite joke. That's your favourite joke. Yeah, and then that's I, I put two things of my own in. And, mm. then, and I said, um, will I see you again? She said, yeah, I'll keep my eye out for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it always goes down well, that joke. Yeah. But I've got lots and lots of favourite mm. jokes, but that's my best one. Yeah. yeah. I remember a few that you've said, but they're too dirty to repeat now, I think. <laughs> it's always the dirty ones I remember that you said. <laughs> the one with the, the woman who has the boob job. Oh, yeah. And the guy has gone to the same doctor. I like that one. Yeah. One of my favourite ones. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of one this morning, actually, because mm. I'm always writing them down mm. for the shows. And it's a terrible joke for women. It's oh, for women. Gosh. I got booed off the stage. But oh, really? Oh, no, not really. Because <laughs> I'm so cheeky. They, they, they take yeah, it. you get away with they it, didn't you, Pete? Yeah, this bloke, <laughs> his wife was missing for a while. Mm. And he told the police in the end. Mm. So they came up and he said, and he said uh, have you got a photograph of her? Mm. Uh, yes, he said, give me a photograph. And he took, went away. Mm. So he came back about three days later. He said, I got some bad news. Mm. What's the matter? He said, this was your wife, wasn't it? Yeah, and he said, she looks like she's been hit by a bus. He said, I know, but she's good with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not as bad as I thought. I was holding my breath a oh, bit no, then, because no, I didn't no, know what you were I was just... <laughs> 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 but if you would say it in a nicer way, you yeah. got away with it, see? Yeah, yeah. Not creepy. No, it wasn't that. No, that was, that was, a, nice, that was yeah. a nice joke, actually. Yeah, no, it's good. I have another one exactly the opposite. Oh, gosh. Yes, yeah, so there's two women talking, and they said, Have you heard from your husband yet? No, she said, He's been gone 10 days. She said, Have you told the police? No, she said. Oh, he said, Come on. She said, We'll go to the police station. So she said, My husband's been missing. He said, Could you give us a description? What's he like? She said, Well, he's, um, he's six foot tall, mm. got dark wavy hair, very handsome. Mm. Um, and, uh, He's, he's, he's very good looking, so they won't say he's not. His friend. She said he's bald, he's got a big fat paunch, and he's horrible. She said, Yeah, who wants him back? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious me. Well, I was I asked um I asked my nan actually if she had any questions for you today. Oh right. And she's got she had one. And it was, how do you stay so young? And I think we've sort of answered it, really, because yeah. your sense of humour Exactly. Is... I haven't got time to be old. No. I've never stopped. It's just, this is mm. a thing, I think. Mm. Uh, at the moment, i am uh, sort of got a problem with my knee, because mm. I've had a replacement, mm. and it's given me a chip. Mm. And that makes me feel older. Mm. But I went to the doctors recently, and I got an Irish doctor. <laughs> He's young, and he knows my family over there. Oh, really? He's oh. from... Cork, mm. and we get on great. See, mm. so I went went one day, so it's something I don't know. Mm. I don't go very often. Mm. And he said, "What the hell can you? What? 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 You said you've got a fifty-year-old mind and a ninety-year-old body. Yeah, right. Mm. That's your trouble. Yeah. And he's right. Mm. He's right. Mm. But as long as I can laugh. Yeah. Because when I die, mm. and I have a funeral, mm. nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be sad. No. I want them all to come in funny clothes. No <laughs> ties that go around. Everybody, yeah, laughing. Because mm. I nothing to be sad about. Mm. And when that curtain closes. Mm. Oh.
I'm picking three for Cornwall. <laughs> three curtain calls. Three curtain calls. <laughs> and if they don't do it, I shall get out and... Yeah, you'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I can't quite wrap my head around all the brilliant things Pete has done. I'm absolutely honoured he let me sit down and talk to him about all of his adventures and I hope you've all enjoyed having a little taste of it too. The thing that's been cemented in my brain about Pete after this conversation is how extraordinary he is. Kind and generous and I cannot wait to see him perform again next Christmas in Newport. Or maybe next week when I pop around for a cuppa. (laughs) Now I'm going to let Pete finish the podcast himself today. We're going to move into our final questions and then he's going to sing us out. He doesn't know about this, so he's either going to be really embarrassed or love it. I hope it's the latter. The clip is from him performing as Tevier in Fiddle on the Roof, a part he is renowned for. I hope you all enjoy. So, I usually finish every interview with three sentences. Right. And my guest has got to finish the sentences. So, well, I've changed... So the first one is, the highlight of my job is but you don't work so we could change that to the well the highlight of my career that's that my the highlight of my career was i would say standing on the stage at waterford for fiddler and getting that tremendous tremendous mm. ovation yeah made me cry yeah and i've never done that before on mm. stage mm. Mm. awesome okay you're going to laugh at this one. In five years' time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. In five years' time. I should be uh, waving at you from my wheelchair, darling. <laughs> no, you won't. No, no you I won't. hope in five years' time I'll, I'll, I'll be still pretty active mm. up here. Yeah. The brain. We've mm. got to keep that active. Mm. And I, I hope I've got the same outlook on life as mm. I've got now. Mm. That... Uh, we were put on this earth anyway to have a good time and have a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I, we can't all have it, I know, but no. I've been very, very lucky. Mm. I come from a healthy family and a, a family with a great sense of humour. Mm. You know, yeah. so it's, I've inherited that. Mm. Amazing. And the last one is, I'm happiest when? <laughs> it's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Making people laugh. Yeah. Mm. Having good company. Mm. And meeting nice people, kind people. I mean, mm. all the people I meet in my life, I've been lucky. I've been nice mm. people. Mm. I can count the people I didn't like, or probably didn't like me, mm. on the fingers of one hand. Mm. People like you, nice people. Oh, thanks, Pete. <laughs>